Welcome to Millennial 603. I'm Andrew. I'm Maura. I'm Pamela. And we're joined by one of our dear old friends, Micah. Hi, Micah. Hey, Andrew. Hey, Laura. Hey, Pam. That was so different for me. I was I almost jumped in <laughs> and said, and I'm Micah. <laughs> you could have. It would have been fine. For anyone who doesn't know, Micah is a long, long time friend of ours. He is a co-host on MuggleCast as well. And uh, he actually used to be on Millennial slash Smart Mouths. And then we started Millennial, and then we got like eight episodes in, and then he was like, oh, fuck this. So he left. <laughs> I was going to say, it was actually my idea to do this show, and then I just decided I didn't have the time for it. So <laughs> You know what? Never this mind. This is a paid appearance, right? <laughs> well. Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I'm going to pay you in beer the next time I see you. That works. How's that sound? Perfect. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's nice to have you. <laughs> oh, I see you still use uh, on, uh, my voice. Yes. All the time. All the time. <laughs> it's time to catch up. We we never really hear from you on MuggleCast because we're only talking about Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. So what are you up to? Well, I was just in Chicago. We did get a chance to catch up. It was nice to mm-hmm. uh, to see you. And, and Laura, I think you've actually been to this place before, but Andrew uh, took me to Home Slice. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. That place is really good. Really great uh, pizza place. And uh Got some drinks afterwards. It was a lot of fun. But uh, mm-hmm. no, things are good. Um, still gainfully employed, which is always important in this day and age. Mm-hmm. I won't say where, mm-hmm. but if you Google me, I'm sure you can figure it out. Uh, <laughs> it, it involves a, uh, a round bouncy ball that goes into a basket, but uh, things are good there. Oh, volleyball. Volleyball, yeah. Everything is good. No complaints other than what I think we're about to just talk about. Well, yeah. So another thing we, we kind of hint at on MuggleCast from time to time, but we never really go all out. That's what this show is for, is on Trump. So I would love to know what your unfiltered views on Trump are. Mm-hmm. Well, you know I voted for him, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, how do we kick Micah out of the stream? No, we love Republican uh, having Republicans on the show. <laughs> um, yeah, well, we're fine with Republicans, just not the ones that voted for Trump. <laughs> Well, I'm actually glad that you brought that up because my issue isn't so much with Trump himself because I think you know what you're going to get and we've seen it over and over and over again and you're not going to change the guy. Mm -hmm. Uh, My issue is more so with the people who maybe not initially voted for him but still support him. And I actually came across this article and I know we were talking a bit before the show. I'm not sure – if any of you have seen it, but it kind of sums up the way I feel about Trump and his supporters. So I thought I'd go through and give it a read. Feel free to stop me at any time. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. It, and it's titled, Why Do Liberals Think That Trump Supporters Are Stupid? And I don't necessarily think it's stupid in the intellectual sense. I think it applies in, in other areas. And uh, this was actually written by a woman named Penny Delina Bedard back in August of 2019. So there's probably a few other things that can be added to this list, but I think this does a really great job of summing things up. So here we go. Here's what we really think about Trump supporters, the rich, the poor, the malignant, and the innocently well-meaning, the ones who think and the ones who don't. That when you saw a man who had owned a fraudulent university intent on scamming poor people, you thought, fine. That when you saw a man who had made it his business practice to stiff his creditors, you said, okay. That when you heard him proudly brag about his own history of sexual abuse, you said, eh, no problem. 
that when he made up stories about seeing Muslim Americans in the thousands cheering the destruction of the World Trade Center, you said, not an issue. That when you saw him brag that he could shoot a man on Fifth Avenue and you wouldn't care, you chirped, he sure knows me. That when you heard him illustrate his own character by telling that cruel story about the elderly guest bleeding on the floor at his country club, the story about how he turned his back and how it was all an imposition on him, you said, that's cool. That when you saw him mock the disabled, you thought it was the funniest thing you ever saw. That when you heard him brag that he doesn't read books, you said, well, who has time? So the point is, we just keep letting him go yeah, and yeah, go. Yeah, and, and on and yeah. on and on and on and on right. it goes. Um, yeah. And it ends by saying, what you don't get, Trump supporters in 2020, is that succumbing to frustration and thinking of you as stupid may be wrong and unhelpful, but it's also somewhat charitable. Because if you're not stupid, we must turn to other explanations, and most of them are far less flattering. Yeah, I agree with that. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's infuriating to think that like my brother-in-law, for example, still supports Trump after all this. Especially at, when I found out he bought a Trump 2020 flag. I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? You're doubling down? Did I make my point, or do you need me to keep reading? No, we <laughs> we get it. And we've actually kind You're of preaching to the choir. We've actually disagreed with how to bring up Trump on MuggleCast. Laura and Micah are more of and Eric are more of the position let's bring him up because it's our feelings and he sucks asshole and he deserves it whereas I'm like I don't want to remind people about the current state of the country and I don't want to turn off Trump listeners supporters more importantly. Yeah. And and truthfully, if you're asking me my opinion, it's it just comes down to being embarrassing. I mean, he's embarrassing. He has mm-hmm. absolutely no credentials to serve in the highest office in this country, much less be the most powerful man in the world. And it only feeds into his ego. Yeah. You can't look, every person who's ever been elected to some sort of office, including president, has to have some level of ego, right? But you're talking about super ego here. And the guy just makes things up. There's no standard that applies to him. He's above the law. And that's really where I place a lot of blame on the part of the Republican Party for not holding him accountable. And for people who continue to go out and support him, like people are going to support him in 2020. I mean, it's it's scary to me that this is where we are in the mm-hmm. 21st century. Yeah and, yeah. and and sort of my view on this, and I very much when I came in the door – um, sort of for the second time during my muggle cast career, I very much wanted to default to what y'all were comfortable with because you've been the ones um, maintaining the show for so long. So I didn't say anything initially. And then a couple of things got said on the show and I was like, oh, okay. So we're kind of like not necessarily shying away from it, but at the same time, we're not making it all about comparing Harry Potter villains to Trump, right? right? Um, but something that I noticed, it's and it's just like so apropos for the Trump supporter, and it's not not like a ton of people, but there have been a couple of occasions where people have complained about me coming back to MuggleCast causing more Trump complaining, and I was <laughs> like, that is such bullshit. I I do not think like if we were to rank the hosts in terms of who brings up Trump the most, I'm not number one. Oh, I'd be I would number say it's one. But I am. It's probably Mike me. Is number one. I, he can't help himself. But <laughs> I'll tell you what I what I am. I'm the only host with a vagina. So <laughs> I think that's you know the beef that comes with these people is like oh I'm gonna like 
blame everything that I hate on women because right toxic masculinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that that has always been interesting to me. Um, and I'm kind of of the view that if there is a literary illusion to be made, I don't feel like I need to shy away from that. But it's not necessarily something I need to bring up every Saturday morning either. Right. And that's the no. thing, isn't it? Because we see it on this show too, where like, say we're talking about going vegan, you could have one person say, oh, I'm vegan. And two people be like, I'm interested in the lifestyle. And one person say, I'll never go vegan. And everybody that's like, vegan, 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 will harp on just the one person that said no. And then all of a sudden, the discussion becomes, oh, like, you guys are so biased, because not one of you were even open to the idea. Right. So, right. I mean, I could see that happening yeah. on the other show, too. Or it's like you might go 20 episodes without mentioning Trump. But then the one time you do, it then becomes, well, why do you guys always talk about Donald Trump on a Harry right. Potter podcast? I think it's a bit of, to your point, it's a bit of selective listening, right? Because Yeah, exactly. If we're doing an entire podcast that's about Harry Potter, and the only thing you're focused in on is the fact that Trump may have gotten mentioned once or twice, to me, that's a problem. And yeah. you should really reconsider the fact that you're listening to a podcast about Harry Potter. And, and the comparisons are fair. And they are. We're dealing with a book now in, in Order of the Phoenix that very much in ways mirrors what's going on in our current state of politics. And mm-hmm. I think you also have to remember that J.K. Rowling wrote with a lens to some things that happened in World War II. And it's unfortunate that we can still make those comparisons in present day to certain politicians. But even at the beginning of Half-Blood Prince, you know, she's talking about the Muggle Prime Minister being on the phone with George W. Bush. It's 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 actual references. And for us to go through analyzing Order of the Phoenix, and don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think we would be wrong to not bring up Trump. And the comparisons uh, to what's going on in government in present day. I think we'd be doing a disservice to a lot of our listeners. And if some people don't like that, don't listen. Yeah, I guess I guess my hesitation was how far we take it. I think mentioning like real world connections is is fair. Uh, and it's important to do so people see it. But yeah, I don't know. I, I do think there's a certain line. By the way, Micah, John is asking, what is Micah drinking? We see you water. sneaking a shot of something. No, it's not water. Uh, it's, it's powers. What kind of alcohol is that? Whiskey. Oh, nice. I recently got into whiskey again, just sipping it on the rocks. Mm-mm. It's good. Mm-hmm. So Micah, we thought since we are having you on today, we can mm-hmm. talk about the Micah chair. Do you know I've what the Micah chair So, but I don't think Micah really knew until just a few days ago when I told him this would be happening on today's mm-hmm. episode. So for Micah and everyone listening, Back in the Smart Mouths podcast days, maybe early millennial days, we had caught on to the fact that when we all traveled together and we were in a hotel room together, Micah would naturally gravitate towards the accent chair in the room. It doesn't matter what hotel room it was. (laughs) He would just always gravitate there. And we, we caught on to this and he would just sit in that chair. So we were telling this on the podcast and we deemed that chair the Micah chair. (laughs) (laughs) And listeners really like that story. And over the past few years, 
people have been taking pictures of the mica chairs that they see in their hotel rooms, <laughs> posting it to the Facebook group. Oh, I was going to say, I've, I've not been tagged in any of these on, on Twitter, but it looks like it's a Facebook thing. Listeners, please tag Micah from here on out when you're in a hotel room. I'll, I'll do it to you when I'm in a hotel later this week. <laughs> um, so I thought it'd be fun. Mm-hmm. If we reviewed all of the mica chairs that have been posted to our Facebook group over the yeah. past few years. So this first one is from Rachel. It was posted March 17th, 2018. She wrote, staying at a hotel and my mica chair has a weird desk. Now, mm. what's everybody think of this? The mica chair with a desk over top of it. I don't like it. Mm. No, no, it's it's not cozy. Um, mica just has this great skill for finding like the coziest nook in the room to sink into Mm -hmm. and like very much just has like a very authoritative stance Yeah, when he's in that chair, you know, and this does not do Mm. that for me. Yeah. I don't know, Micah, what do you think? (laughs) You're you're the one who has to sit in it. It it actually reminds me a bit of being on a plane, you know, like when you pull out your tray Mm -hmm. table. I mean, I Mm -hmm. guess it could be useful, but first off, it has no arms on it, which you gotta- Yeah, fuck that. Yeah. I forgot I can say that word on the show, but uh, I, I guess it could be useful, you know, if if you're eating or you ha- you have your laptop. I'm not sure there's a desk in the room somewhere, but this one probably ranks ranks pretty low on my my list. It also looks a little dirty. I don't know what hotel that is, mm, but uh, interesting. Need to uh, clean it up a bit. I'm also noticing there's a door behind that chair, and I don't like that for Micah because I don't want somebody to sneak in from behind him and stab mm. him. So we're gonna give this. Mike a chair an F, I think. Yeah. For fuck mm-hmm. no, I'm not sitting in that chair. <laughs> this next one's from Heidi. No, not my mother. Uh, posted actually just this past December. Mm. Big Micah chair in my hotel today. Does Micah know of this tradition we have going on? What do you think of this Micah chair? It looks like a love seat to me almost. It, yeah, I was going to say it's a bit of a love seat. Uh, some weird curtain action going on behind. I don't know what kind of hotel this is. Looks sexy. Yeah, I don't Hey, so uh, let us know where you <laughs> stayed, Heidi. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know if that's, is, can that count as a chair? It looks a little wide, doesn't it? Mm, yeah, we might have to call that a Micah sofa. And I don't mm-hmm. know if Micah would sit in such a wide chair. You don't want anybody sitting with you. No, so that, you that's the whole point. Here. That's why I gravitated there. Yeah. So I didn't have to sit with any of these knuckleheads. <laughs> I mean, you you could always kick your legs up and sort of turn it into a Micah recliner. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Or a Micah lounge seat. But in that case, it should already have a a you know, the 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 footstool that pops out on the bottom. I don't think it does. So it, there's a lack of preparation here. I, I would give this one a B minus. Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's yeah. got a pillow though. Get some, so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a pillow. <laughs> Gets points for style, but it wasn't prepared. Yeah. Yeah. You know? All right. Well, moving on. This next chair is from Ashley, posted October 11th, 2019. Now, this one, I think, checks a lot of boxes. It has a it has a little table right next to it, which is good for your cup of coffee or, or, or your whiskey. It's got a lamp right next to it. It's got armrests. It also looks like it belongs behind a desk, though. So I think yeah. that kind of knocks it a little bit. That, that would be the one critique I would have of it is it looks a little bit like a desk chair. Reminds me of an office. Yeah. Not of relaxing. It's not very comfortable look. I mean, it it's probably comfortable if you're working on your computer for a couple hours, but uh mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't think we found the right one yet. Oh, we're we're in search of the right yeah, one. Okay, we, gotta, we have a new we goal give here. One a, a, you know, the <laughs> Okay. the official approval here. 
Yeah, and then we're going to have to know exactly where this hotel mm-hmm. was. And then so we we're going to fly there. Micah there. <laughs> yeah, we're going to let Micah stay there. <laughs> He's going to record an episode of Millennial there for us. Okay, this next one's from Atali. Haven't stayed in a hotel in a while, but I swear the Micah chairs are getting bigger. This is my Micah couch. This mm. one looks like it could fit three people. Yeah, this is nice. I like this one. It's got the footrest. <laughs> you got a couple pillows if you need to go to sleep and you don't want to share a bed with Eric or somebody else like that. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you got the little table next door. This this one has promise. I know it's a little bit bigger than a chair that you would you know probably just kind of sit in for a little bit. But mm. this next one's from Michelle. Now no. this one posted <laughs> no. This, no next. You already off of it. Yeah. It was it was in a Disney hotel. It looks like a Little Mermaid chair. So Micah hates this one. Not looks like comfortable. Something you'd buy at the ninety nine cents store. That's true. Mm-hmm. All right, fuck that one. Uh, <laughs> this next one's from Megan, posted April fourth, twenty eighteen, from Mulvane, Kansas. Mm. What do you think of this one? No, no, it's awful. It's terrible. It's terrible. That's not. I'll give it points. It looks cushy, but it's just a single four-legged chair uh, uh, there's no armrests there's no pillows right yeah. next to a noisy air conditioner Micah would be too cold next to that thing yeah mm-hmm. but you can move these it hotels easily really so that's mobility true. that's true mm-hmm. i think these hotels need to hire Micah as their consultant <laughs> chair consultant on where to put these chairs yeah because we've seen so many fails so far today mm-hmm. all right let's keep going we have way too many chairs to review uh this one's from <laughs> jessica posted april 2019 the Micah chair at hotel irvine yeah this one probably has the most promise so far you think so? Why the is back, that? The back could be a little... It looks comfortable. The back could be a little higher. It's it's a little weird. The footrest is is almost taller than the chair itself, but maybe that's just Good the Good observation. Mm. Yeah. No, I, okay. I th- this one is probably at the top of the list so far. Okay. Next one. Tara, April 2019. Very spiffy Micah chair, and it mm-hmm. has a footstool. Yeah. This one's too feminine for Micah, I feel. It, well, I... Do the aesthetics matter? Do they, well, Micah? Well, he's saying that normally I would gravitate towards it, right? So I don't I don't know. Mm. I mean, I, I would sit in it for a little bit, but I, it's just, it's not doing it for me. Uh, next one's from Steven. This one looks kind of grand. Mm-hmm. At the Hilton Ooh. in Pittsburgh. It's red. It has tall, it, it has a tall back. It's got like tall curved arms. Yeah, see, this is probably something that back in the days of us traveling all over the place, I probably would gravitate towards this. This yeah. one might be the winner. It looks comfortable. And you can put your secure. feet up on the bed right next to right. it. Right, right. You can silently judge us all as you're watching from your corner of the room. Let's just do two more. So this next one's from Kristen. Mm-hmm. This one's very interesting. It almost looks yeah. like a bed. Yeah, she said it doubles as a bed, or you could make it double as a bed. It's it's very long. It has an equally long armrest. Yeah, you could stretch out. I can't picture you kicking back in this one though. No. Mm-mm. Mm. But do you like it? Yeah. I would say it's up there. These last two are definitely uh, in the in the top three, let's say. Okay. Well, I just deleted one. Yeah, that was so, crap. I'm glad you got uh, that one out of there. Okay, great. So this final one, this is the <laughs> wildest one. It's from Steven. Just what? posted this past January. It looks like it, it's from outer space. It's, it's wide, but only half of it has a back, and it's got a big-ass armrest yeah. on one side. It, it looks like a freaky massage chair or something. This looks very... 1960s modern style Mm -hmm. just in terms of the shaping of it it's very odd it actually kind of makes me uncomfortable to look at it yeah Yeah. 
you're wondering all the dirty shit that went down you on you know it. people are having <laughs> sex on this chair too there's a, a lot, lot of that's right. yeah, exactly. true yeah yeah you could bend somebody uh, over people on this have had s- uh, people have had sex on all the mica chairs. <laughs> oh, Let's just oh, be yeah. clear. Oh, God. Do you Is ever that also a... in the Facebook group? <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes you see a cum stain in the hotel oh, room and you're geez. like, oh. I don't oh. want to know, you do? honestly. But I know that's why people travel with their own sheets. Ooh. Mm. I-, I did see a cum stain, Laura, the other day, actually. Or not the other day, a couple weeks ago in a hotel room. And um, yeah, good times. I added to it. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mine's bigger than yours. <laughs> oh yeah, well check this load out. <laughs> I'm sorry, Micah. This is this is so inappropriate. Oh. Um, well, this is Micah, millennials. That's I knew what I was this getting is into. Why Micah left this show? Micah's going to get another shot. Uh, yeah, exactly. Micah, what's your what's your favorite chair then? I, I would say it's probably between uh, Steve and Kristen here. The the red chair and the semi lay back, relax, kick your feet up chair. Okay. I don't well, know if you can call post, that a chair. We will post all of these chairs on our Instagram. So listeners, you can decide for yourself what is the most comfortable mica chair. And I also want to know exactly what hotel these chairs were in, because I want our listeners to be able to experience these chairs for themselves. These chairs were mica approved. And mica, thank you for playing along with that. <laughs> you made our listeners very happy. You made me very happy. Yeah, they're, they're very happy in the Discord right now. Good. <laughs> Pleasing the people. So... <laughs> Last week, we had a discussion on sustainability and how we can improve in our own lives. So we thought we could check in with everybody. I'll go first. One of the things I was talking about were reusable paper towels. And that was actually one of the first things that I bought after the episode. I bought some towels from Amazon, some random Chinese company. They're called Jeblus. We can put a link in the show notes. It came with 60 towels, five different colors. The the different colors were individually wrapped in plastic, which pissed me off after I'm trying to be more sustainable. They give me a buttload of plastic. But I've been loving these so far. I have used only a single paper towel in the past week. And I'm using paper towels normally every day. So with these, I'm I'm wiping my mouth. I'm wiping down the counters. I'm Whatever I normally do with paper towels, I'm using these instead. And then we have a bag and we're going to throw all them in there and then wash them all from time to time so that's been my biggest change have not been able to do well with um, reusable coffee cups so far i just haven't been able to get into the flow there but also i realized something really bad after we recorded so i go to the gym five or six days a week and at the gym they have us using cleaning wipes every time we wipe down equipment that didn't dawn on me while we were recording I'm using at least four or five of those a day, and, and there's nothing I can do to stop using those. I'm not going to bring my own bottle Towel. of Clorox. So, no, but you need, like, cleaning material. Well, that's mm. so weird because, well, I haven't, um, I don't like the Planet Fitness that's by my newer place, so I haven't signed up there. But every Planet Fitness I've ever used, or even every 24 hour, they have cloth towels, and there's always a little bottle that you can use with disinfectant. And that's how they do it. So I think that that seems so archaic to me that there are still gyms out there that would just prefer to buy in bulk like Clorox wipes, for example. I'm surprised you're saying they use towels normally because when I've been to gyms like that, it's paper towels, not oh, no. towels they wash later. I've yeah, never seen my that. gym is huh. paper towels. Maybe huh. it's like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes there's a huge disconnect between even Northern California and Southern California. Like up here, we take stuff way too seriously which is good because then when change happens it's not that big of a deal to say like keep bringing your own bags to the grocery store yeah but yeah maybe 
maybe it's a cultural thing. But And now I'm wondering who uses more wipes on a daily basis. Is it me at the gym or is it Laura on her ass? How many do you use on your ass on a daily basis, Laura? If I need to clean my ass, it's once a day. Only one wipe? Well, no, like one instance. I don't shit multiple times a day. No, I understand that. But how many wipes are you using to clean your ass? Again, um, Mike, I apologize. Maybe, yeah, two. I'm using more than you. Damn it. Yeah. Oh, I'm canceling my gym membership tomorrow. <laughs> well, why don't you just bring your own like mini towel, like a, a cloth <laughs> to the gym and use that to wipe down the equipment and just bring it home and wash it. Yeah. What about like cleaning spray? How Do am they I make actually you bring clean? your own cleaning spray? I bring a towel to the gym to, to wipe mm. the sweat off my forehead. Yeah. Mm. Not to wipe. The they sw- they that's probably not dis- don't have it out because the, the wipes are wet. Right. The, the point of the wipes supply. is they're disinfecting wipes. So I don't have to spray. Yeah. Any, I, I'm actually cleaning it. I'm getting rid of the germs every time I wipe down the equipment. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Anyway. Um, mm. How about you two? What improvements have you made, if any? Um, So I did go ahead and purchase a personal dining set to use at work. I had talked about how if lunch is catered at work, I have a kind of a bad habit of going for a single use um, paper or styrofoam plate and then just throwing it away right afterwards. So I got myself a set that's got like a plate, a bowl, fork, knife, a little cup. Um, So basically I can just use that when I'm having lunch and then just when I'm done, wash it instead of getting into that single use stuff. And then after our discussion about how almond milk is not really that great last week, just because of the amount of water and energy it takes to produce. Um, I I am going to be finishing off the almond milk that I have because we buy in bulk from Costco. So I have a couple of <laughs> little packages of it left. Um, but once that's done, we're going to be switching over to um, coconut or oat milk instead nice i also talked to mark about switching off of paper towels because after our discussion i felt (laughs) really bad and i realized how many that we use yeah and and i was like would you be okay with switching over to this and he was just like yeah Mm -hmm. order the ones i got i ordered some reusable produce bags but um not sure if i'm going to like them it was kind of hard to I don't know. I, I'm probably just overthinking it. But I was also contemplating just returning those and making my own because I feel like it wouldn't be that hard to do that if I just went out to buy some mesh fabric from like Joann's or something like that. So we'll see. Mm. But it's in the process of happening. And like Laura, I'm also trying to finish up all my almond milk, which is proving to be really hard because we had a lot just left over from the holidays. Mm-hmm. You know, like I bake with it. I make oatmeal with it. But if it's just me drinking it daily in my coffee, it just doesn't move as fast as I wish it would. But as soon as that happens, I'll be switching to, I think, oat milk I've decided on. Yeah. With the gym, do you reuse shorts? No. 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 What do you mean? So you won't wear a pair of shorts more than once at the gym? Well, I mean, I'll wash them and then use them again. But no, not like two days in a row. We're talking about being sustainable. I mean, reuse your shorts more than once. Do you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. You three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I won't get to the point where there's like, you know, visible like odor lines coming off of me and like flies flying around me. But I will reuse a gym outfit a couple of times just because like you're going and you're getting sweaty anyway. It's not like you're going to mm-hmm. be 
No, you know that's disgusting. Super clean. You three disgust like, me. For girls, um, <laughs> they, like sports bras are a thing too, and they're expensive. Laura can probably attest to that. So I'm definitely not buying enough sports bras to use. You know, one every day of the week. Yeah, and also the more you wash them, the quicker they deteriorate. Right. So. There's not enough um, support going on there. Mm-hmm. Andrew, I need to buy you some athletic shorts and send them to you. <laughs> I have gym you, shorts. Hey. And I reversible ones, man. Nobody's going to know the difference. You don't have to know oh, the difference. People will know the difference when I smell like shit. Look, I, I feel like men's workout shorts would have way better of a run because for women, most women are wearing leggings and like that, those get sweaty way faster. So you'll be fine, even if you wear them twice before tossing uh, them in the All right. In the laundry. I'm t- I'm telling y'all right now, I'm going to pull today's gym clothes out of the laundry and I'm going to wear them tomorrow. And I swear to God, if I get a single look from anyone, I'm going to do something don't, to you don't you Don't you normally get looks from people? <laughs> Is he even working out? <laughs> He's walking so slow on that treadmill. <laughs> oh. uh, if I get a look, I'm sending you three some of my dirtiest laundry. All right. Yeah. Just on the, the coffee front, I've gone to bringing my coffee each day using one of those um, Contigo mugs instead of at the office going to the coffee machine, wasting the paper cup and the plastic lid and the sleeve that goes on it. Good. Just far more efficient. Uh, And then water too. I think it's always easy to go to the uh, water cooler as they like to call it, right? Yeah. At the office and uh, wasting a cup of water instead of just filling up. We get all these different water bottles there. So- just uh, reusable, you know, and you don't have to wash. I mean, the coffee one you have to wash out, but it doesn't require that much. You know, just do a quick rinse. So. Yeah. I have one of those Contigos too. I really like it. Yeah, they're good. All right. Well, good luck to everybody who continues to try to lead a more sustainable life. And we'll keep you guys posted as... We- Andrew, you have to, at the gym now, take a photo or do something to prove that your shorts are, are being worn multiple times. How do we know that the ones <laughs> you wear tomorrow were the ones you wore today? That's well, I guess I'll take a picture of myself withdrawing the dirty clothes from my laundry bin. I don't know, <laughs> no. but Watching I will Andrew do it. I no, no, order no. like seven pairs of Amazon Basics running shorts. <laughs> yeah. In black. Reversible. <laughs> so reversible. you don't feel as bad. Yeah, reversible. Because then if one side is red and one side is black, who's going to know the difference? You trick yourself into thinking, right? <laughs> no, I but what definitely... you're going to do is tomorrow you're going to the gym, right? Uh huh. Wednesday you're going to the gym. Uh huh. Grab the newspaper at the front desk or whatever. Oh and you, just like in those old movies, you got to hold up the newspaper <laughs> to show that the date is is true. Uh-huh. And then we'll know. And try it two days in a row and see what happens. Okay. Oh, boy. I honestly learned something new today. I, I hope you guys prove me wrong. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Spray some cologne on you. Nobody's going to know the difference. <laughs> That's a good tip. That's a good tip. All right. Well, we have a lot more for everybody today. But first, we have a new sponsor this week who, when they said they were going to sponsor the show, I got really excited because this is a peace of mind product for pet owners. It's called Fi, F-I. It's a smart collar, kind of like an Apple Watch or Fitbit, but for your dog. First, let's talk about the marquee feature. Fi collar has GPS tracking, so you always know where your dog is. One of the greatest fears of mine is Brooklyn getting loose and running away. We hear these awful stories from time to time when someone's dog runs away for whatever reason. Sometimes you find the dog, sometimes you don't. Sometimes it takes too long to find them and you only find them after they've passed. Just freaking awful stuff. It's so sad when you hear these stories. 
But with a Fi collar, you always know where your dog is. The collar looks just like any other, and it's super easy to set up. When the dog is home, the collar wirelessly connects to the base station that it comes with. But when your pup heads out for a walk, that's when the Fi collar starts working with cell phone towers to track your dog's location. The Fi collar also doubles as a fitness tracker, so you can actually see how much activity your pup is getting on a daily basis, and it'll give you a weekly report showing how your dog's activity levels stack up against others that are the same breed. It's actually really cool. And the app rocks. You can add another human to the account. And since the Fi collar is also syncing with your phone, you can turn on notifications for whenever someone takes out your dog. So for example, I added Pat and I got a notification one day that said Pat has headed out for a walk with Brooklyn and I could follow their walk. It's really cool. And Pam, you've had one too for a little while now, right? Yeah, it's um, my favorite thing about it, honestly, well, one of is that the setup was so easy. I thought just because it was a more high tech gadget, um, for lack of a better word, it was going to take a really long time to set up and register. And they've made it so seamless that I was literally Mm -hmm. able to charge it in a few hours and put it on Jasper right away. Um, it, I have a smaller dog. Jasper is smaller than Brooklyn. And even though it is a really sturdy collar, he's not having any trouble with it, which is really nice. So if you have smaller dogs, mm-hmm. it works for them too. And like you said, it really does give you a peace of mind as a pet owner, knowing that if you're not home and something happens, you know, it is an added security benefit to know that you'll be able to to find your loved little pet. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's also got this setting where you can turn the light on on the collar. I tried that the I, other day. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Did you keep it on? No, I turned it off because I didn't want to waste the battery. Okay. I, yeah. And I thought it would bring too much attention to Brooklyn. But also, he looks like a robot with the light on. <laughs> I think it's so <laughs> cute. <laughs> so we have an exclusive offer for our listeners. Get $50 off with code M-I-L-L. Visit TRIFI, T-R-Y-F-I dot com to find out more and again use code m-i-l-l at checkout and this week we'll post some pictures of brooklyn and jasper wearing their collars uh because they're pretty stylish as well so this this is a really cool product please do check them out it's it's a game changer just a genius idea people get the chips injected into their pets and that's important and great but that is not a gps tracker that will not tell you where your dog is thank you again Fi, for sponsoring this week's episode of millennial we should uh we should get that for MuggleCast. Yeah. I feel like that'd be a great sponsor. Oh, okay. Sure. Any other business we, you want to talk about here on Millennium? Yeah. Well, well, I'm just thinking, you know, I know you'll use it on, on Brooklyn, but we can use it on Eric. This way we know where he is every time we try and sit down and record. <laughs> I'm dead. Good night, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Eric has a habit of being late for MuggleCast. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of people listening right now know that. So it's fine. <laughs> They're all on the Patreon stream with us waiting for him to show up. (laughs) God. Uh, Micah, you're on fire tonight. I'm just happy to be back. We're happy to have you back, too. Thanks. Well, Micah, if you wanted to learn something else about the people on this panel that you never wanted to know, you're about to. So last (laughs) week when when we were talking about sustainability, I was complaining about the fact that I use... Um, wipes in the bathroom because they just make me feel cleaner than just using dry fucking toilet paper. And I know that wipes are terrible for the environment. So I was thinking about getting a bidet. 
Uh, but we did get some listener feedback from Kieran with some advice for me. Uh, Kieran says, I was listening to the latest episode where Laura was discussing wanting to get a bidet. I have a cheaper solution that essentially mimics a bidet. My family comes from India, and it's very common in Indian households to see a cup of some sort beside the toilet. This can literally be any kind of plastic cup. Before you sit down to take a shit, you fill the cup with water. Once you've done your business, you tilt the cup into the toilet so the water pours out. And as it does, you use your other hand to kind of splash it upwards (laughs) towards your butt. This might take some practice to figure out how it's done. You then go over with toilet paper again, and you feel much cleaner than just using toilet paper alone. Probably not as effective as a bidet, but it gets the job done and is cheaper. (laughs) And that concludes an email I could never have imagined writing. (laughs) Thank you, Kieran. Yeah, so this, this illustrates my point last week that outside of the U.S., people have been doing this forever. Mm-hmm. Like, actually cleaning their asses mm-hmm. instead of just taking dry paper and being like, yeah, that that does it. Mm-hmm. That's clean. No, it's not. When I started reading this email, I didn't think she was going to go in the direction of splashing the water. I thought she was going to say, like, okay, have the cup of water, then bend over over the toilet then like pour the water on the small of your back and let it drip down your ass crack. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually known people because I I had also discussed like, how do I handle this when I'm in public, for example, where like there might not be a bidet, should I decide to get one at home? And I've actually known a couple of individuals who um, would actually carry a water bottle, like just like a plastic water bottle with them for these purposes. And they would kind of do a makeshift bidet type thing when they're using a public restroom. Interesting. So I'm checking Amazon right now for portable bidet. Well, I don't know about portable. (laughs) It's going to be... Well, well, they they have one called the Tushy. A lot of people know about the Tushy bidet. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. the first thing that popped up. This is going to be in my search history now, which is great. (laughs) Bidet ads are going to follow you around online. Yeah, no, they're going to pop up on Instagram tomorrow morning. (laughs) But uh, But I promise you, you will never feel cleaner mm. than if you use a bidet. You could probably get one on Amazon, though. I mean, Andrew ordered... Would you send me coyote piss in a bottle? Yeah, that's true. That's urine that is available for purchase on Amazon. It's mm-hmm. to uh, detract birds or something from. Why did we do that? Because I wanted to fuck with Micah. I mean, why yeah. else? <laughs> I think I don't know about birds. I think it's to keep away like raccoons and other. If people give me looks at the gym about my clothes. I'm sending you more coyote urine. No, you should put on coyote urine before you go to the gym and nobody will come near you (laughs) there's this great bit on the new episode of curb your enthusiasm last night larry david realizes if he starts wearing a make america great again hat everybody will stay away from him so he starts wearing it to avoid everybody it's so fucking funny (laughs) we are going to talk about side hustles in a little bit because we all side hustle here but first, Lovebook is back again to sponsor this week's episode. Valentine's Day is coming up, and Lovebooks are the perfect gift idea for the loved one in your life. Lovebooks help customers express the sentiments that may be difficult to say out loud. They also let you create one of the most thoughtful gifts imaginable that shows the person you went above and beyond for them. Each book is completely customizable, every little element of it. You don't need to get bogged down in customization, but you can. I did this with Pat over Christmas, and he loved it. I actually brought my love book to class today. 
here it is. It says, why I love Aww. that. It has us in a snow globe. Isn't that cute? This thing is the real deal. It's a hardback book. It's got like 40, 50 pages. It's, it's so cool. Check out our Instagram for some of the pages from that. We want you to create one of these for a loved one this Valentine's Day, whether it's someone you're in a relationship with or a family member or someone who you want to get back in the sack. This could help there too. A love book is the answer. Visit lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to receive a special 20% discount only for our listeners. This is a great deal. And again, you can't create a better gift than this. This is the one to go with. Lovebookonline.com slash M-I-L-L to get started for free. So uh, check it out. And thank you, Lovebook, for sponsoring this week's episode of Millennial. Speaking of, you know, having a more creative minded uh, approach towards things, we thought that we could talk about side hustles and the art of having a sustainable and successful side hustle. Um, We've all sort of been side hustling for the better part of the last 15 years. Um, So I thought that we could start out just by talking about how we got here. I think some of our older listeners know the story pretty well. But just for our newer listeners, if we could give a brief synopsis of how we all ended up on this Zoom call on a Monday (laughs) night. (laughs) Um, I can start. So I, I was homeschooled, very bored, um, didn't have a lot of like, uh, like my own sort of like hobbies going on and was trying to figure out, um, you know, how to find something to be really like, to really dig into. And I was super into Harry Potter. I had been following MuggleNet, which was a big Harry Potter fan site back in the day, ended up applying for a job there to be a fan fiction moderator did that for a while. And then in the staff forums, I saw that Andrew here was talking about launching an official uh, MuggleCast podcast for uh, MuggleNet. And they went a few episodes and I came in and started complaining about how there wasn't a female host on it. And then Andrew <laughs> called my bluff and was like, well, why don't you do it? Come on then, bitch. Yeah. And and here we are. Yeah. Um, all this time later, we've done various different podcasting ventures over the last decade and a half. Um, but we've all kind of stayed together in, in some way, shape or form. Yeah. And I think the three of us, Pam had to step away for a second, but the three of us had overlapping stories, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, we all got involved with MuggleNet and then we all wanted to be a part of MuggleCast. And um, I was just very driven early on. I just really wanted a lot, a lot of power at MuggleNet. So as soon as I got <laughs> hired, I was like, okay, what's next? How do I take down Emerson? And then I set out to do that. <laughs> Not take down Emerson, but I wanted to help run the site because I was just obsessed with MuggleNet and I wanted to be a big part of it. I wanted, I wasn't thinking of it being a job at that point, part time or, or full time. I just wanted to be as involved as possible. The stories are, are pretty much the same in that um, we all had a passion and we were all looking to find different ways to. Um, I don't. I wouldn't even call it work, though. Would you? It was. No. It it turned into that in some ways, but we all were able to find positions at at MuggleNet and all kind of gravitated towards this podcast. I was somebody who came on really just because of the podcast. I started out as a transcriber for MuggleCast and slowly worked my way. I think Andrew, you eventually asked me a couple episodes in, did I want to do a new segment? 
Mm. And all the news segments were actually recorded separately from the show. Yeah. And you finally decided that that didn't make any sense because (laughs) you needed to react to some of the things that I was saying. And it seemed weird when I would make a joke and then you would just insert laughter and into the show right um, we couldn't play the audio on air and then it also didn't make sense because you would read a story and then move on to another story but then after your news block we would introduce the story again mm-hmm. before talking about it so it was right. it was all backwards we figured it out after a while and uh it all worked out but a common thread here is that we are all really passionate about harry potter and that goes to this discussion about side hustles, too, because often when you are starting a side hustle, it is it is because you are passionate about something and you want to make money doing it. Yeah. And I will say, I think that having a side hustle that is based in something that you're truly passionate about, I think I think for all of us has made the difference because there are a lot of people who take on side hustles that are purely um, intended to sort of subsidize their finances. And they aren't necessarily things that they feel super passionate about. Not to say that those things can't work. But I think one of the benefits of what we do here is that it is work. And we do put a lot of time into it, but we enjoy doing it. And we've done this for so long without being paid for it that it's it's nice that we're actually at a point where we can right be supported primarily by our listeners but we we are so used to the time where that wasn't necessarily the case right um so it makes it a lot easier i think yeah sure and, and that's why i don't feel guilty about making money through the podcast these days because we were doing it for free for so long mm-hmm. and we did build up an audience so we earned it. And mm. at this point, we're at a stage where like, and I brought this up on either After Dark or the main show. I think it was After Dark because we were talking about the, the current state of MuggleNet. Um, I was saying that I would not work for that site for free anymore because yeah. of where I am now, because I worked for free for so long, because in the case of MuggleNet, we were screwed over in multiple ways. <laughs> but what else do you what did you learn about side hustles while preparing? Yeah, so I was looking at an article from Experian, which is one of the three major um, credit reporting companies here in the US. And they were saying that 50% of millennials have some kind of side hustle. And I would say that's pretty appropriate. I feel like almost everyone I know does something on the side. What about you guys? Yeah. That's fair. Mm -hmm. And I wonder, is it a purely millennial thing? Because, I mean, I'll, I'll even just kind of speak from my own experience. I think having a side hustle, as you were talking about before, is in part beneficial because it is supplemental income, right? And a lot of times, jobs that we all have as millennials, quite frankly, they don't pay a whole hell of a lot. So it, it kind of works from from both sides. Whereas if it's a passion, it, that's obviously a huge bonus. And I think it being a passion allows you to put a lot more into it and really appreciate what it is that you do. And obviously, if we weren't passionate about podcasting, we wouldn't have been doing this for 15 years, especially as it relates to Potter. Uh, but but I do think there is something to be said for the financial side of it, and that as millennials, generally, we're, we're probably not being compensated at the level that we should be for the work that we're doing, and and that kind of spans across a lot of the different 
fields that exist today, but I'm thinking more so of like the digital marketing fields or the digital media fields that maybe didn't exist, you know, back then, but it's still an underappreciated discipline. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. And I should retract something that I said earlier. I, I almost implied that people only do side hustles for things they're passionate about. That's not always the case. You can't, you need a side hustle because you need more money to pay your bills. Mm -hmm. Um, I have just been lucky to be in a situation where when I am in a side hustle or I'm paying other people to have a side hustle themselves, and what I'm thinking of are the people on Hypable who write for the site. They get to be paid to do something they're passionate about, and then there are other types of hustles where you might not be passionate about it, but you're good at it, and you know it can bring you extra cash. Yeah, so I... I definitely have found myself in that position. Um, I I know you have a, a note later on here, but I've signed up for things on like Upwork and Fiverr, which are services where you can basically put yourself out there to do sort of one-off projects for people. Um, I've definitely put myself out there to do voice work for places that were looking for somebody to record their like automated phone system and things like that. I want to um, do that. When I when I was in school, I did a lot of tutoring, um, just because people will pay fairly well um, to be tutored, um, especially sort of at the college level. Um, so I definitely did that. I considered uh, signing up for WAG. I didn't actually do it mm. because the thought of going into strangers' houses and taking their dog <laughs> freaked me out ultimately. But I did think about it. I mean, I, I strongly considered it for a while, um, mainly because you you go through those periods in life where you need to find something to make ends meet. Yeah. You know? I've heard WAG, and this is the case for really a lot of these side hustle apps like Uber and TaskRabbit and... Uh, Upwork, stuff like that. They're really, really competitive. So if you wanted to become a dog walker in your area, that's great. And you'll get some business, but you are one of like 30 options that people have in your neighborhood. And so you don't get a lot of jobs. And unfortunately, it couldn't be something that's full time, maybe not even part time. Um, but if you work hard at it, if you're if you're getting references, if you're spreading the word about your side hustle online, you might be able to actually gain some traction there. Yeah, for sure. It- it's funny that you say that too, because it, it makes me think about podcasting today. Like you could have your choice of Harry Potter podcasts from probably across the board, but if you go back fifteen years, we were the only gig in town. Forget oh, about we podcasts. had it so easy. No, but I'm I'm just saying, like, no, it's true. Think about how saturated the market is now with right with these types of podcasts. But um, yeah, I. I I've definitely known people who have tried to kind of start off with side hustles and it's really not the way to go. Like I would encourage as best you can. I know it's not easy to find that full-time gig and and start there. And then, you know, if you feel like you need supplemental income, then kind of branch out and look for other opportunities. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think also I've known a couple of people who've taken their professional trade and turned it into sort of in like an at-home freelancing situation. Um, I know somebody who used to work in a salon, for example, and after she had a couple of kids, she realized, hey, I want to be at home with my children and, you know, I don't want to pay for 
daycare because it's just it, it's literally like 30% of your income. It's not a sustainable model. So what she did was she just started having people over to her like at home salon. I went and saw her a few times and she cut and colored styled my hair from home. And that just took away any overhead costs that she would have had to pay were she working in a salon and also prevented her from having to pay for childcare. So it, it worked out well, Mm -hmm. um, you know, in terms of like taking your practice, your trade and sort of moving it into an at home situation. Mm -hmm. So if you have something like that, that's always something to consider. Um, But Side hustles, you can actually earn a pretty good amount of money. According to Experian, um, the average side hustle income is $686 a month with the median earning at about $200 a month. Mm. Um, So even if you're at that sort of median earning level of $200 a month, that's nothing to sneeze at. No. Um, You know, that's your car payment, for example. If you're at the point where you have a side hustle that can completely cover the cost of one of your bills, that's a win. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that could be groceries, that could be utility bills. And I like thinking of it from that perspective, like I'm going out there and this is going to pay, this night of driving is going to pay for this and it's going to pay for that Mm -hmm. specifically. And it's nice knowing that I'm doing this and this particular bill is actually being taken care of. Yep. I mean, for me, the, the, the primary thing that sticks out to me is that my podcasting income helps me pay my student loans mm-hmm. um, because that's that's a large payment every month. And mm-hmm. I would definitely be um, not not as comfortable if I didn't have this. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something I think about every every night or every morning, uh, especially MuggleCast mornings when I have to wake up early to be on. And I don't want to be up that early, but I'm like, yeah, but my student loans. That early is 10 a.m. for Laura. <laughs> yeah. Listen, you just, I'm a night owl. I my know. boyfriend's a night owl. Set your ringtone to like the, the dollar sign. You know, at at the uh, cash register and wake up every time. I I would say too, though, just the the breadth of side hustles that are available out there. I mean, it yeah, it it is like working two or three jobs, but I just think technology has allowed for so many different opportunities and so many different ways for people to be able to make money that you know they they may. I don't know if they're passionate about everything, but you know, some of the things you were talking about earlier that you would never consider, you know, hiring somebody through a, a, an app for, I mean, it's just commonplace these days, yeah. you know, somebody to walk your dog, somebody to clean your house. Yeah. And it's inspiring. It's inspiring that there are so many opportunities right on your phone. Um, I mean, I mentioned Upwork. I've been using Upwork, even though they screwed me out of $2,000 last year. Um, I've been using Upwork to find editing gigs and e- even after that because I still really need Upwork. It, people post tons of stuff on there, but you can find all kinds of jobs on Upwork. Mm-hmm. And another one I wanted to mention is TaskRabbit, and Pat's actually been doing this. So TaskRabbit is kind of like Uber, um, but it's for like chores around your house. If you need IKEA furniture assembled, if you need a ceiling fan installed, if you need something fixed in your house, if you need your closets organized, people can pick a TaskRabbit through the app 
and then they'll come over to your house and do the job. So Pat listed a bunch of tasks in his account saying, I can do this, that, Paddywhack. And then people are like, okay, I'll pick this person. Um, and I guess you can see a star rating and how much they charge. Then they get the job done. And Pat's made a little extra money that way. And it's also cool. And this is why I loved being an Uber driver for a little while. You meet new people. You have these experiences that you never would have otherwise. It's kind of like dating. It introduces you to a bunch of new people. I know two nights are the same. I miss Ubering. I, I want to go back to that. Go back to it. Why not? Because I don't want to drive people around in the Tesla. They're just going to keep asking me oh. questions about it. So are finances the only reason to have a side hustle? No. You get to get out of the house. <laughs> yeah. So if, if you do work from home, I think it's a great benefit um, to to sort of like get out and see the light of day. Yeah. But Unless your side hustle is a podcast, in which case. <laughs> then in which still... case you're like, I do this because I don't want to be around people. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I think finances are the biggest factor. I think, you know, everybody's going to have a different financial situation. And for some people, it's probably just to be able to live comfortably it's always going to be about comfort level to some degree and if you can pick up a side hustle if you can uber a few hours a week so that you don't have to worry about your bills anymore that's worth it hell yeah Mm -hmm. i have a few friends who uber on the side on top of full-time gigs yeah just because you know unfortunately wages in this country are not keeping up with inflation right Mm -hmm. so i mean you have people in our age group who you know, when you account for inflation, we're not making that much more than what our parents made in mm-hmm. similar careers, similar ages. And we also paid way more for our educations than our parents had to. So something has to sort of come in to, to pick up the slack. Mm-hmm. And I think yeah. that's, as we've alluded to, a lot of where the, the motivation for side hustles comes from. Um, something else I was thinking about is... Could you ever see yourself taking on a side hustle to gain experience? Because I feel like the experience gap is also a real struggle for our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel like it's it's becoming kind of a cliche, but you do hear it a lot of like, can't get hired because I don't have enough experience, but I can't get the entry level job because I need the experience. So it's like yeah. this vicious cycle where you can never quite get in where you need to. And I do wonder if anybody out there has ever taken on a side hustle purely with the motivation of getting experience in a field they wanted to break into. Mm -hmm. I definitely think so, because that's good resume material. And it also looks good on a resume that you're actually being proactive about trying to pick up these skills and that you're Mm -hmm. not some lazy piece of shit that just goes home after work every night and plays video games for eight hours. You're actually going out after work and continuing to work. I know, Micah, I've been there as well. No, no, no. (laughs) I'm joking, but no, I, I think it's a great point because you also don't know the doors that can open as a result of exactly. if you're going into a side hustle in a specific area, you don't know who you're driving around. You don't know whose house you may be installing a fan at, you know, whatever it might be. I'm sure there are plenty of stories out there. I don't know any off the top of my head, but I'm sure that they exist where people have been introduced to other individuals who are who are very able to, you know, open doors and, or maybe they hire them at their company. Oh, you're interested in marketing? Well, I've run a marketing firm. Why don't you come you know, a couple of days a week, check it out or send me your resume. I know, you know, 25 other people who are hiring right now. It, That's I'm sure so true. that there are success, 
Yeah, I'm sure that there are success stories out there. So yep, yep, yeah. It's worth and our it. friend Jemima in the Discord is saying my side hustle is my YouTube channel. I don't make any money off of it, but it's a really good way to practice skills, and I've already learned so much just by teaching myself. And it also looks great on the old resume. Yeah. Um. You know, and Jemima. If for anybody who doesn't recall, Jemima is. Uh, our friend who is like traveling the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, so she's been to so many just interesting places over the course of the last year that I think having that on a resume is definitely something impressive that makes you stand out amongst the other candidates. Yeah. Um, well, I know when I'm applying for jobs, I always mention my experience teaching in Costa Rica, even if that experience is not necessarily relevant to the job I'm applying for, because it's just something that makes me stand out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mentioned that I've been editing more and having these other editing gigs has absolutely helped make me a better editor. A, because I'm not editing myself so and, and you three. So I'm in these new editing situations and that helps me adapt to situations that I haven't been in before and to learn from those. But also I think I've become faster because I've picked up new tools. So I noticed, Andrew, you have a warning here about taxes. Yes. So I do want to warn people, if you are picking up a side gig and any of these that we've described today are going to be this way, you are going to be hired as a subcontractor. So no taxes are going to be taken out. So you need to put a little money aside to pay taxes when you file in the next year. If you don't do that, you are going to be screwed because you are going to see some high tax bills. So maybe go sit down with an accountant and figure out how much money you should set aside. Uh, I mentioned uh, Pam had to step away. She had to take an important phone call. But um, she is somebody who has always put money away because she is paid in a lot of ways, including this podcast and Hypable as a subcontractor. So she sets money aside. And then when tax time comes, she's ready. And it doesn't hurt because she knew it was coming. Yeah. Isn't the threshold $600? Like if you make more than $600 in a year. In a year. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, you're doing get any of these it. with regularity, you're going to hit 600 in a year pretty easily. Yeah. I will say this particular scenario did bite me in the ass in regards to the podcast a couple of years ago because I kind of, you know, when when we were still really working our way up, it wasn't as much of a consideration for me, but there finally came the year where April 15th came and I got so fucked. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was not fun. And so I became a lot more conservative about how much money I was putting away just in case. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, definitely take that into account. <laughs> yeah. One other thing I would say on that front too, is that people should also be mindful of if they do have a full-time job in addition to their side hustle, to make sure that you're combining the income so that mm-hmm. and know that you're getting taxed on what the total income is, not, you know, I I'm probably not the best person to speak on this, but what I'm saying is make sure you're calculating your total income for the year, not oh, I made this in my full-time job and this in my side hustle because what's going to end up happening is there's going to be a miscalculation and you'll end up paying for it, as Laura said. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like just because you're withholding enough in your in your day gig does not mean that you're exactly. safe when it comes to that side hustle money. So definitely thinking about it as a full pie yeah. instead of like two separate entities mm-hmm, is going to be-, be helpful. Yeah, because the tax bracket that you fall into could be different 
depending yep. upon what that total income looks like. Yeah. Especially if you're middle class, because um, th- the way our tax system is, it is set up to fuck you <laughs> if you're middle class. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Upwork, TaskRabbit, dog walking apps. Those are all great to check out if you're interested in any of those types of things. TaskRabbit, Upwork, all kinds of jobs you can be hired for in those. Also, Fiverr, F-I-V-E-R-R, because no good internet company these days cannot just have a normal name it has to have some weird extra letter Um, but also go into your local facebook groups and tell people about what you do i'm in a couple of my neighborhood groups and from time to time i'll see people say hey guys i'm on wag check me out if you need your dog walked and these groups on facebook are very active and people are seeing these posts and i always see people replying saying oh that's awesome i'll check it out i'll click the link i'll hire you so please Go into neighborhood Facebook groups and do that because you will get noticed. Whereas otherwise, and I know Jewel mentioned this because she became a wag walker and she got hired for no gigs. You need to go out there and get noticed in a unique way. You need to put yourself ahead of the competition. Otherwise, you aren't going to be able to make a job out of it. So Jewel, sign up for some uh, North Hollywood, sorry for just outing your location, Facebook groups and get noticed in those. Also, can you walk Brooklyn for me when we visit in a couple of weeks? Thank you. (laughs) Um, Hop into a car and start Ubering. If you have a new-ish car, I mean, Uber and Lyft, they've dropped the thresholds in recent years. But if you have something that's like 2005 or more recent, I don't know the exact year, don't quote me on it, you can probably start becoming a driver. And I find it fun. Just don't drive on uh, weekend evenings if you want to avoid annoying people. But everyone else is usually pretty cool. Um, and bring a can of uh, pepper spray with you just in case somebody tries to kill you. Um, and then if all else fails, just wear something sexy and visit a corner. And you don't have to pay taxes on that. <laughs> Pam, you might go to jail. Pam, I know you were just away for a little while, but do you have anything to add generally about side hustles? Yeah. Because you've worked the side hustle life. Some corners, well, but... <laughs> it's funny you mentioned standing on street corners because I once got propositioned Uh-oh. without meaning to, but maybe that's a story for After Dark. Nice. <laughs> Jealous. Yeah. Can we add that to the docket for yes, today? Yes, we can. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So um, I've been writing f- professionally for five or six years now, um, and it definitely started off as a passion and I was able to turn it into a career. It's I'm not making like boatloads of money, but it's enough to live off of. And I would just say, depending on what you're working towards, just make sure you keep your connections and you uh, reach out to those people because a lot of times they might know people that, you know, can take you further on in your journey. And just be really smart about um, when you choose to, you know, quit your day job and make your side hustle full time. I know it can be really, really tempting to, you know, quit right away. But there's nothing wrong with having a little bit of job security and, and you know, um, multitasking for as long as you can until you're really sure that, you know, the ground you're standing on is firm enough that you're not going to fall through. I don't know if that helps. I missed like yeah. the full discussion. <laughs> and and save money for tax time. It was yes. well said. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And for those of you who are waiting with bated breath to hear more about uh, the Senate impeachment trial, that is starting on Tuesday. We're going to wait for a couple of days um, just to get 
uh, some more information to talk about, but we will be doing a breaking news edition later on in the week. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, We have some new breaking news music that will be debuting during that segment as well. I know Andrew's really excited for that. Um, But it it should be really interesting because it seems like there's already a lot of fuckery going on in terms of the trial rules. So we will cover all that and more in breaking news later this week. Yeah, and I'll be recording that from Oklahoma. So I plan to bring on some Trump supporters who I can find within a stone's throw. Perfect, you'll be our man on the ground. Yes. (laughs) Like the Daily Show does they send them to the caucuses <laughs> total sham fake news <laughs> just don't have, get killed have they seen a computer before though will they know <laughs> i do a podcast what the fuck do you do is that gay and breaking news by the way will be available at patreon.com slash millennial so thank you everybody who supports our side hustle we really appreciate it time now for recommendations what's yours laura i'd like to recommend the outsider on hbo um, only the first three episodes are out so far, but it's really good. Um, Jason Bateman is in this, and it is based on a Stephen King novel. And uh, it's it's so interesting because it starts out as one thing, and it turns into another, and it, it kind of catches you off guard, but in a nice, like, surprising narrative way. So it's been a really good show. I highly recommend it if you haven't checked it out yet. Speaking of shows, what's yours, Pam? Oh, mine is, I feel like I should be watching so many other things on Netflix, but I got sucked into the circle <laughs> like everybody else on Twitter did. Um, it's Netflix's new reality show, and um, a, a number of contestants are put into kind of this apartment complex, and they never meet each other. And then they set up social media profiles, and some people are catfishing, and some people are themselves and the whole goal is to try to make it to the end and you can get blocked or become super influencers that like kick other people out and <laughs> it's, it's such trash tv and yeah. yet i couldn't stop watching until i finished all 12 episodes so if you're looking for something that's really easy to binge and just like super mindless to take your mind off of maybe all of the political turmoil going on 10 out of 10 would recommend the circle i hear a lot of people talking about it on social media so i've been tempted because it, it, it hit that threshold for me where i see enough people including you raving uh-huh. about it i i had to do it it was that and also i think cheer was the same way um i had to i had to start both of those because everybody was talking about them okay so my recommendation you know how we all use ice cubes in our drinks mm-hmm. well i was in target and i saw this thing that lets me make ice balls or spheres, I guess they would say. You would. So I recommend an ice sphere maker. Look at this thing. Look at this beautiful ice ball. And I pop it into my whiskey mica, and then I look yeah, I fancy as hell. So I don't know. One of these things is like 10 bucks. It's easy to create your own ice balls, and I just love it. So ice ball maker is my recommendation. <laughs> Micah? I will go with uh, reversible gym shorts. That's my recommendation for this week. <laughs> okay. We do have a rule where you can't recommend anything that was brought up earlier in the episode, but you oh, didn't know that, so that's okay. I didn't. Yeah. Mm. I will go yeah. and Amazon some reversible gym shorts. I hope they have pockets. I really need pockets. Well, I could always recommend the New York Puzzle Company. <laughs> <laughs> Micah's favorite on MuggleCast. Thanks for coming on today. It was great having you on. Yeah. No, it was a lot of fun. It's been too long. We won't let another mm-hmm. three years pass before you... 
come back. We'll definitely be happy to have you on so you can have an outlet for some of your political frustrations (laughs) in this shitstorm of a year that is 2020. Yeah. Well, hopefully you can have me back November of 2020. There you go. (laughs) <laughs> and we'll be having a much different discussion than we probably had in November of 2016. If you have any other feedback about today's episode, email in millennialshow at gmail.com or use the contact form on millennialshow.com. We also have the confessional there if you need to get anything off of your chest so you can submit something anonymously. Also, be sure to follow us on social media. We are Millennial Show on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You definitely want to follow this week because you're going to be seeing some mica chairs in your feed. So stay tuned <laughs> for those. <laughs> and Andrew's gym shorts. And my gym sh- <laughs> Something doesn't sound right about that. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I'm Andrew. I'm Laura. I'm Pamela. And I'm Micah. Bye, everybody. See ya. Bye. Bye. You'll be our guest. We our guest. Be our guest. Beef ragu, cheese souffle, pie and bourgogne flambé. We'll prepare and serve with flair a culinary cabaret. You're alone and you're scared, but the banquet's all prepared. No one's gloomy or complaining while the flatware's entertaining. We tell jokes, I do tricks with my fellow candlesticks. Put it all in perfect taste that you can bear.